Hey, dear listener, Anthony here. Before we hop into the show, I wanted to let you know about an incredible new resource we just released, The Five Rules of Investing. Dan and I are huge advocates of modeling the behaviors of the people who have done what you hope to do. And who better to model when it comes to investing than legendary investors like Warren Buffett, Howard Marks, and Ray Dalio? This free ebook breaks down the simple time-tested strategies of billionaire real estate investors that you can use to take your investing to the next level. So head over to InvictusMultifamily.com and grab your ebook today. All right, now let's hop into the show. And welcome to Multifamily Investing Made Simple in Under 10 Minutes. This is the podcast where we take the complexity out of real estate investing so that you can take action today. I'm your host, Anthony Vecino of Invictus Capital, joined as always by my partner, Dan. If I say his name long enough, maybe I don't need to come up with a middle name, Kruger. How's it going, Dan? Mm, that works. See how it's I did going that? good. It's going good. That's probably your best uh, nickname yet. I thought that was original. Uh, and I strive for originality in everything that I do on this podcast, which is why today we're treading into some uncharted territories. Bear with us, dear listeners, because where we're going today, you have never seen us go before. Today, we're going to compare and the contrast. stock market and contrast, compare and contrast the stock market against apartment syndications. I know. We've never done anything like this before, but we're going to measure. We're going to put them into the Thunderdome. We're going to compare and contrast them across five different metrics. Dan, what are our metrics going to be? Number one, stability and or volatility, right? Okay. How quickly okay. does something bounce around and, and move all over the place? Number two, cash flow. Do you get it or no? Number three, appreciation. Does it go up in value over time? Number four. Is it a hedge against inflation? Number five, tax benefits. Right. I like these. I like these. Okay, so let's start at the top with stability or volatility. How much does a thing bounce around? In general, less stability it helps me sleep better. I'm not going to say it's better to have no like to have like high stability, but um, I, I certainly feel better knowing that the the valuations in real estate don't tend to fluctuate as quickly as they do in the stock market. So let's let's break that down real quick. Why is that? Well, real estate doesn't get marked to market uh, every second of every day like publicly traded equities do. So stocks and bonds and all those publicly traded things you can find in your Schwab or Vanguard or Ameritrade account every second of every day. Uh, well, I guess for some things just during regular trading hours, but for the sake of this conversation, we'll just say constantly they're being marked to market. So that basically means that the value of the thing you own, a share of Apple, whatever it is, is constantly being updated uh, to the most recent price point in the market. Whereas with real estate, that's not the case. If you buy a house and then, uh, you know, there's theoretically a, a value that's that you could derive from that asset, but it doesn't really truly get revalued again until you've got an appraisal or a sale or refinance or some kind of capital event. So you don't have to deal with these wild fluctuations up and down on a daily basis and watch your uh, your portfolio value change while you're sleeping. Mm -hmm. And a large portion of that is that with real estate, it just takes a long time for transactions to occur. And so prices, they they don't move like 
lightning speeds with the stock market because it is such a liquid vehicle. You can get it in and out of it really quickly. That can also affect the prices really quickly. Whereas with real estate, if you want to sell an apartment building, it's probably going to take you four to five months of preparation before you can even take it to market. And then, you know, another two months until it closes. So it could take six months to sell a property. And so it's not like you can get in and out of them very quickly. So yeah. liquidity, that's actually one of the dings against real estate and one of the pros for yeah. uh, the stock market. But it is not one of the arbitrarily chosen metrics that we have uh, decided to measure these against. We have decided stability. And that one is going to go firmly into the column of real yeah. estate. And I will say that also with the whole liquidity thing, yes, it could be perceived as a negative that you can't just hop out on a whim. Uh, but I would also argue that that might be a positive because it prevents any kind of emotional transacting. Whereas in the stock market, you might just be having a bad day and you can make a bad decision based on emotions because you have the ability to just click a button and be in or out. With real estate, it forces you to think about things in a more logical uh, frame long of term. mind. So yeah, I got to take really that long. The, you don't have the emotional com- uh, component like you do in the stock market. Mm-hmm. You got to really adapt that 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 long term horizon. All right, next yes. up, cash flow. Who, who's winning? Who's winning this one? Stock market is coming out swinging with their dividends. Yes, yeah. If you look at the average dividend yield of the SP five hundred, not sure what it is right now, uh, but you can Google it at any time and figure out what it what the average dividend yield is. But usually, what you're going to find is about maybe three percent or so, something like that. Um, so there are some stocks that pay dividends, not all of them. A lot of the really popular ones right now, like Facebook, Netflix, Amazon, the Fang stocks, those those uh, those high flyers that everyone's freaking out about. Uh, a lot of those guys don't pay dividends. It's really going to be the old school kind of blue chip stocks that are very mature. And even those, when they do pay a dividend, that's going to be rather low. So there are some stocks where you can get a dividend, but the yield isn't all that impressive. And when you look at real estate, the uh, uh, the, the, uh, the comparison there would be to the quarterly cash flow distributions that you'll be seeing in your deal. Uh, those on average, I'd say if you're looking at value uh, C-class or B-minus value-add type deals, those are going to range from about 5% on the low end up to over 10%. So I think it's safe to say that the real estate uh, deals are going to have a little bit higher yield as far as that uh, quarterly paycheck is concerned. And if you, dear listeners, could hear me typing in the background, I literally went to Google just this minute and typed in average stock market dividend yield. And we are looking at 2.22%. It's a beautiful number, 2.22. Not a very big number. Quite small. Uh, so in terms of, inflation. yeah, in terms of yield, not great. Yeah. Not fantastic. And this doesn't take into consideration consideration the tax benefits which we're going to get into in a later round that's those, that's for the championship round but uh <laughs> for now we're going to put this one cash flow i'm going to put it into the category into the the column of real estate again so mm-hmm. we have a two oh and i know i know guys we're, we're terribly biased and this all bit. seems like a rigged yeah. fight but hey it's not our fault the system's rigged real estate it's just better i'll just say yeah. no i'm oh, yeah. sorry okay okay back to being unbiased okay now let's <laughs> move on to appreciation this one's kind of even, honestly. Uh, they both go up in value. Yeah. Um, on average, uh, if you look historically over a long enough time period, the the average return from the S&P 500 is supposed to be about 10 to 12% or something like that. Um, and so that's really, by and large, coming from the appreciation of share price. And like Anthony just mentioned, the dividend yield is going to be pretty low. So that's a pretty minor component of those returns over the long term. Um, so appreciation is definitely there. Uh, in the stock market. That's pretty much all it's based on. Uh, But real estate's got some good appreciation too. Um, Generally speaking, uh, in the apartment space where we hang out, 
uh, apartment buildings double in value every 10 years. Just kind of rough rule of thumb. Um, and really that's going to be helped from inflation and money printing and basically everything the Fed's doing right now is really helping the story for real estate. So it's kind of a tie, in my opinion, between real estate and the stock market for appreciation. They both go up with time. They both respond positively to uh, Jerome Powell and his printing press. So. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll call this one a draw, even though one of the things I really like about multifamily real estate is the ability to go in there and execute value add, mm-hmm. in which case the appreciation conversation gets really skewed. But let's not do that because that would that would really be unfair to the stock market because they're already <laughs> getting really walloped here. So let's move on to inflation. And specific, we're looking for an inflationary hedge. Mm-hmm. Where do we stand real estate versus apartments? Uh, real estate versus the stock market. What did I, I said real estate versus apartments. That doesn't make sense, people. Focus focus up, Anthony. (laughs) Uh, Hedge against inflation, right? So basically what you're looking for is if you've got cash and you're looking to put it somewhere where it's not going to lose value as Jerome is running his printing press and printing more dollars, um, how does real estate and the stock market compare uh, from this perspective? Um, Again, I think it's pretty close to a tie here. Uh, I give it to to real estate just because it's – you can't really, um, you know, issue more shares uh, or you can't really, you know, create more land, so to speak, but theoretically companies could issue more shares and dilute things. And, but really, I think if we're going to be fair to the stock market, I would say these are both equally uh, decent hedges against inflation because both are going to respond quite well as that printing press is rolling. Mm -hmm. All right. So now we have another drawn round, which means it is two rounds in favor of real estate, two draws, and so far, stock market is not pulling ahead in anything. But maybe this in the championship round, they can pull ahead in terms of tax benefits. What do you think? Mm. Not likely. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. Now, this no, the is tax a pretty benefits loaded round. Really, yeah, I mean, this one's just say. <laughs> I mean, there's a few things our government loves. Uh, oil, we all know that, and real estate, right? So if you're playing in those two spaces, you're going to get really favorable treatment in the tax department. So, um, you know... With, I don't know where capital gains are going to end up. We're right in the middle of some negotiations right now with uh, the Biden administration trying to do some things and raise those cap gains taxes. But, um, you know, where have they been historically? I think I can't even remember off the top of my head. 20 some percent. Yeah, that sounds about right. Something in that. And I think they're trying to double it up to like 48 or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. But yeah, on the low end, you could say 20%. I think that's a pretty safe bet uh, for the stock market. So, you know, if you hold stock for more than a year, you're going to get to keep maybe 80% of those gains. Um, and that's just for the federal piece, not the state. State's going to be dependent on which state you're in. But generally speaking, you're going to get dinged with a pretty decent sized tax bill uh, when you're trading in the stock market. Whereas with real estate, it's almost the polar opposite. Uh, you get treated, uh, you almost get a uh, get out of jail free card when you're playing in the real estate space, because like I said, the government really likes real estate investors. They provide a valuable service to society by providing housing for people who can't afford to buy their own place, or maybe they just don't want to. And so that gives us some very favorable tax treatment um, come tax time, which I don't think we need to go into detail in this episode, um, but the tax treatment is going to be much different. And those those uh, tax liabilities are probably going to be single digits or even null, depending on your specific situation. Mm-hmm. So let's let's tally this up. Let's go to the judges. Let's see see where we ended because I don't think we got a definitive knockout blow. Are we the judges too? Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. So nice. I don't want to hear any any complaining in the comments or the reviews about us, um, you know, being biased because we are are not. No, 
We here's the thing is I would invest in the stock market if it beat the real estate in terms of stability, cash flow, appreciation, inflation, and tax benefits. But it doesn't. Just doesn't. And so I put it as uh, three rounds to real estate, stability, cash flow, tax benefits, clear winners. Mm-hmm. And then a bit of a tie when it comes to appreciation and inflation, mm-hmm. bit of a tie. Now, grand total, I think when you look at it from a risk-adjusted returns perspective, the real estate apartment syndications, I think generate a significantly better return profile overall. It's not uncommon to be generating north of 20% returns Whereas in the stock market, you're not touching 20% returns. You're maybe conservatively getting six to 10%. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think it's just, it's such a clear winner in favor of real, of real estate. And you're going to have a hard time convincing me otherwise. So there you go. <laughs> All right, guys, that's going to do it for us here at Multifamily Investing Made Simple. I think we actually went over our 10 minutes, but that's okay. You'll love us anyways, right? Uh, Do us a favor, go leave a review and we'll see you next week. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Multifamily Investing Made Simple. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a massive favor? Head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Your feedback, it means the world to us as it helps us grow and spread the word about multifamily investing. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So fire this episode over to any friends or family who you think could benefit from learning all about multifamily investing. Thanks, guys. We appreciate every single one of you, and we'll see you on the next show.